your voice and pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to move over you. Ask the Holy Spirit to move over you. In the name of Jesus, move over us, O God. Spirit of the living God, move afresh on us. Fall afresh on us. Fall afresh on us. Fall afresh. Fall afresh. Fall afresh. Fall afresh. Fall afresh on me, O God. Fall afresh on me, O God. Fall afresh on me. Fall afresh. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Oh, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh. Matthew 25. 
I'll just be a Christian and ignore all of you. Matthew 25, 19. After a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with them. Hallelujah. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. Then his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And he who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained five, two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Next verse. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talents in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said, you wicked and lazy servants, you knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interests. Take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But him who does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Next verse. And cast the unprofitable. Let's read the verse 30 together. Ready, go. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. The unprofitable servant has a reward. Just as the profitable servant has. Amen. Each one has a reward. Verse 19 said that after a long time, someone say after a long time, after a long time, those servants, the, 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 the Lord of those servants came and decided to settle accounts with them. Amen. We've been talking about making foolproof of your ministry. Making foolproof of your ministry. I'm trying to bring it to a close today. Making foolproof of your ministry. Second Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 to 5. I charge you before God, and the, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, 
exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they will have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will in turn they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn besides aside to fables. But you watch in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. An evangelist, and verse the last part says that fulfill or make foolproof of your ministry. Let's read the verse five together. Ready, go. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, make foolproof of your ministry. I was saying to you that Christianity is not about blessing. Hello? Christianity is not about receiving, receiving, receiving all the time. Even though Christianity, part of Christianity is to live above. Jesus said that I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So abundant life is part of Christianity, but Christianity is not abundant life. Are you with me? Blessings is part of Christianity, but Christianity is not equal to blessings. Contrary to what our modern day charismatic church preaches, you'll be above only. You will never be, be behind or beneath. You have dominion. You have power. Your, the, the, the witches in your mother's house, you've conquered all of them. You know, all those things are part of Christianity. Yes, it's true. But it is not equal to Christianity. Hallelujah. Christianity is ministry. Someone say ministry. The Bible says in Ephesians that he has given us the ministry of reconciling souls to himself. So we all have a ministry. Some Christians say that as for me, I just want to be a normal Christian. I just want to be a normal. Have you heard that statement before? I want to be a normal Christian. I go to church on Sundays and then I live a normal life. This type of fanaticism so that you go, you are in the park, you are on the streets giving flyers and talking to people. I don't want to do that. I want to live a normal Christianity. Listen, a normal Christian life is not just sitting at your home and receiving all the blessings. That is rather an abnormal Christian life. That is equivalent or equates to the man that buried his ministry in the ground. Knowing that he was a hard man. The master said, you should have put my talent or my ministry to work. At least. So that at my coming, I will receive it with interest. Which means that he is in the business for interest. Amen. He is in the business for profit. God is in the business for making profit. In Matthew 11, he says that, come unto me, 28, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is his yoke? That is easy and light. His burden and his yoke, which is his ministry, is reconciling others to himself. Amen. And I said to you 
that if if uh, if you are a senior or you are a father or a mother and you know you have finished, you are about to leave leave the earth, you are about to die, and you have to advise your son as Paul was doing to Timothy. Paul was giving Paul was a spiritual father advising his spiritual son, and he says that listen, endure hardness. That was the first advice. Listen, Christianity is not a walk in the park. Christianity comes with afflictions. Endure hardness. Be instant in season. Which means that in our Christian walk, there will be seasons and times. There will be opportunities as we walk on the road. Somebody will, will just say hello to you. That's an opportunity. Be instant. And do the work of an evangelist. Do the work. He didn't say that become an evangelist. He didn't say that if you are an evangelist, then do the No, no. He said do the work of an evangelist. When somebody says do the work of a teacher, what are they saying? That means that you must teach. He didn't say that if you are a teacher, then teach. He said that do the work of a teacher. Which means that whether you like it or not, whether you feel that you are a teacher or not, do the work of a teacher. Which means that you can. All of us can share something small about the love of God. And that is the work of an evangelist. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to say, make full proof of your ministry. Make full proof of your ministry. What does it mean? What does it mean to make full proof of your ministry? What, 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 what is it? When somebody says that make full proof of your ministry, what are they saying? Three things that will show that you have made full proof of your ministry. Can I give you three things? That would... And this is the litmus test that I want us to have. Test yourself. How many will test themselves today? So we are going to test ourselves with these three things. To see whether we are passing as the three servants. One had five, brought five more. One had two, brought two more. One had one. And he just presented the one he had. Amen. Some had one and they present zero. Minus. (laughs) Three things. Number one, if you are making foolproof of your ministry, the world will take you seriously. Acts 17 verse 6. Acts 17, verse 6. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down are here too. If you read the whole story, you realize that uh, Paul... And, 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 and go had come to the city and they were witnessing and the city had just been turned upside down for Christ. When you are a minister, 
People will take you seriously. When you're an evangelist, we will take you seriously. Because an evangelist, there's no way you will go and not attract people to follow you to God. You understand what I'm saying? If you read Acts chapter 2, you see that the Bible says that and when they were breaking bread and going around from house to house and everything, the whole city was turned after the disciples because they were making full proof of their ministry. And so it didn't matter whether you're a prophet, apostle, teacher. It doesn't matter whether you are just a, 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 a one-day-old baby Christian. As to talking about the love of God, what difference God has made in your life, it was something that you could share. And people will follow. So that's how come they were increased. The Bible says, and the Lord added to them daily, such as were being saved, added daily. Why? Verse 47, Acts chapter 2. Because they continued in the apostles' doctrine. Very simple. The teaching the apostles gave. They just, they just shared it. Are you with me? They shared it. And their sharing was making full proof of their ministry. And the people sat. They steadfastly in apostles' doctrine, breaking bread from house to house and prayers. Verse 47 is what I'm looking for. 46. Praising, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of the heart. Verse 47. Praising God and they had favor with what? All the people. Which means that all the people sat and took notice. When you are making full proof of your ministry, the people in your world will take notice of you because you affect them. How many are passing? I've just given the first test. Oh, nobody's minding me. So we are mark is the mark is over, th- over over three. So have you got one? Oh, let's let's go to the next one. <laughs> All right. The next one. Number two. To prove that you are making full proof of your ministry. Satan will be threatened. Ah. Satan will be threatened. How many will agree that as soon as the apostles in Acts chapter 2 started moving, chapter 3, you see that the high priest and all those people came around to try and attack them. Are you with me? As soon as you start doing something different, start, you start, you know, if you like, try it. You just ask, go, go, and all of a sudden start talking, to, witnessing to your friends. Start talking to them about God and everything. You see that immediately your people, attacks will come. Your friends will start criticizing you. People will start. Because Satan is affected when we start to do the work of a minister. Hallelujah. The reason why you don't bother anybody, nobody bothers you, is because you are not affecting anybody. Hello? How many understand what I'm saying? You see, this is not a you are going to be blessed type of message. 
are you with me? I'm not discounting it. You are going to be blessed. It's a matter of course. Because he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when you seek him, rewarding is part of ministry. How many have, have heard that they say pastors are thieves because they become pastors and they become rich? It's a matter of course. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things that the whole world is chasing will be given to you. So it's a two-step logic. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What you are looking for will be given. Blessings will chase you. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life as I dwell in the house of the Lord. So that one is part of the, it's a matter of course. But, but, the work, the seeking first is what we are talking about. If you, are, if you start seeking, immediately Satan will come after you. Immediately, you'll be attacked. Immediately, you have issues. The reason why everybody's comfortable around you is because you are not affecting anything. You know, the demons, the witches, the witches in your mother's house, the witches in your father's house are very comfortable with you because you are not affecting them. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm challenging you, if you like. Step up. Step up your game. You will see the attacks. Yeah. And the attack is a confirmation of your effect. Oh, you didn't get what I'm saying. The attack is not a bad thing. It's a confirmation that you are effective. How many will agree that sickness is a confirmation that you are alive? Oh, you never thought of it that way. The presence of pain in your body means that there's resistance. Do do, do you get it? When the person suffering from cancer (laughs) and they they exhale their last breath, by the time you go back to the ward or you go back to the bed, the person no more pain. No more cancer. Why? Because the person is gone. I hate me. So, the pain is as a result of the fact that the person is alive. It's an indication that the person is alive. In the same way, attacks from Satan is an indication that you are doing something right. The people at your workplace are not coming after you. Your neighbors are not rising up against you. You are not getting issues. It means you haven't uh, done much. So that's number two. How many are passing? (laughs) Zero. Each each mark is 10. Each mark is is 33.3. So now you got 60. (laughs) But this mark is either pass. Is that right or wrong? There's no half in this. No, 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 no. There's no sort of. It's either you are passing. No. This one is either you are passing or you are failing. Number three. Are you ready for number three? 
Number three, the pool of people into ministry is strong. That is your ability to pull people to God is strong. And the Lord added daily as we're being saved. Isn't it? Because they were affecting people. You know, if you affect people, they'll follow you. It's as simple as that. If you affect people, they'll follow you. Everybody in the world is looking for somebody to follow. How many understand what I just said? Yeah. Whether we, 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 we agree or not, we, we are all looking for somebody to follow. But we all not follow just anybody. How many have seen Instagram? You are following people, people are following you. Sometimes you wonder where they are following you to. Everybody in the world, everybody in the world is looking for somebody to follow. So my question to you, how many people have followed you to church? How many people have followed you to God? How many have come to God through you? That is a proof of your ministry. Mm, you didn't think about it that way. Some people have followed you to the disco. They followed you to drink. They followed you to do bad things. But they have never followed you to church. It means you are doing something very wrong. Eunice, how many are following you? To the house of God. You are not sure. <laughs> I said everybody has somebody who is following them. Amen. Oh, don't try and spoil my message. Don't try and spoil my message. Concentrate. 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 Make full proof of your ministry. So, you see, the check is there. You see, some of us, we like to argue. We like to argue and defend ourselves. No, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, have you? Have, Jesus said that uh, in the last day, people said, we prophesied in your name. We healed the sick in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did all these things in your name. He said, depart from me. I know you not. Because it is not what you profess to do that makes anything. It is the result of what you are doing that we are interested in. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. If you are doing it, two gave two. So he had four. Five gave five. He had what? Ten. One gave nothing and he had one. Can I submit to you that that one who gave nothing was in church all the time. Went to all the conventions. Was receiving miracles. Was receiving, uh, was being prayed for all the time was living a victorious Christian life. Are you with me? They, 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 they were blessed because the Bible calls them servants. All of them were servants. 
And a servant is not without their, higher, their, their wages. Every servant gets wages. So a servant of God is a servant of God. Whether they are hiding their ministry or not, they are servants of God and they get the reward of being a servant. They get something. So your being blessed is not an indication that you are making full proof of your ministry. Are you with me? You're having a testimony. God has healed you. God has blessed you. God has done this. God has done that. It's not an indication that you are doing something for God. Today, when you walk through the church, a lot of people, ah, God has blessed me. We are all going to church because of what we can get from God. But how many of us are making foolproof of our ministry? How many of us are effective? Bible says in, in, in John chapter 15, I am the vine, verse 1, quickly. I am the vine and my father is the vine dress, I, I, dresser. Isn't it? Verse 2. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he does what? He takes away. <laughs> that is why people are being blessed. People are being blessed, but they are being taken away. They are being blessed, but they are being taken away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. See, as I'm doing, what I'm doing now is pruning. So you are feeling bad. You are feeling guilty. The problem I have with you is that as soon as you walk out of the door, you forget. That's the problem I have with you. And that is how you are also bearing your talent. You are feeling bad now. It doesn't mean as soon as you walk out of the door, you even remember what I said. It's only when you are coming next week, Wednesday, that you start feeling bad. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the whole week. I haven't spoken to anybody. Hey, yeah, then you are trying to make last minute phone call just to appease your conscience. You are preaching, Pastor. <laughs> but, but you see, it's a numbers game. He said that take away this unprofitable servant. Why did he call him unprofitable? He did not lose the talent. He remained a servant oh, to the he end. He saved the talent. And yet he was called unprofitable. Which means that he kept being a Christian till the end. He did not backslide. He was a servant till the end. And yet the master called him unprofitable servant. Would the master call you profitable servant or unprofitable servant? The very last words, the very last words that Jesus spoke when, before he was caught up, he said, make disciples of me. Mark 16, 15. Go into the world. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel to every creature. Preach. That was the last thing, instruction he gave. Go and Preach. He didn't say that when you are called a preacher, preach. When you are called, uh, what do you call it? An apostle, preach. When you are called a pastor, preach. When you are, no, no, no. He said, go. All of you, go. All means what? All. All. Everyone in this room can go. Everyone in this room can. 
Jesus loves you. That's it. That's the whole sermon. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world condemning the world but that the world through him might be saved. Is that one too difficult? You don't have to have all the scriptures in the Bible in your head before you preach. You don't need any of those big things they, they study in the in that place. <laughs> You don't need everything they study in that cemetery or seminary or whatever they call it. No, you don't need all that. You can make full proof of your ministry. Even with this. How many have a testimony here? We all have a testimony. The things I used to do that I do no more because of what God has done in my life. That's all you need to share. That is all you need to share. Hallelujah. Uh, so we started looking at how to make foolproof of your ministry. I said the first thing you must do is, number one, be available, isn't it? When you're available, you will experience. Like how many know that it's not everybody in the church who is here today? Not everybody is available today. So not everybody is hearing what you are hearing. Are you with me? That they, they too, they can do something. But when you're available, you hear. When you're available, you'll be challenged. When you're available, you see. You feel some things. You gain a certain experience that those who are not available will never gain. Amen. So we said the mystery of availability. Anointing is passed through when you're available. Number two, your character. How many know that your character is an advert? <laughs> Don't tell me that you are preaching, you are healing the sick, you are doing, when your character is the same. And expect people to follow you. <laughs> it's like, don't do, don't do what I say, not what I'm doing. No, it doesn't work like that. Are, are, you, are you getting it? Our, our lives is a written advert for others. So when they look at our lives, there's something about this person. What? I don't know. I can't quite put a, my finger on it, but there's something about it that makes you different. And the day they find out that you're a Christian, they go, hmm. No wonder. Can you take me to your church? Not that you are cantankerous, always fighting, you know, very, very, very bad character. You, you understand? Nobody even wants to be around your space. Now you can go and tell somebody, listen, I'm taking you to church. Hey, what church is this? I'm not coming to that church because you are there.
Because they know you. They know you. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, I, I said to you that, listen, our life is like the bottle that the anointing of the oil is poured in. If somebody gave you Coca-Cola and the shape of the Coca-Cola bottle looks like this beautiful oil jar here, can you see it? Would you drink it? Not sure. Not sure. Can't be we, can't, we can't trust that it's Coca-Cola. How many have Coca-Cola? Anybody Nobody have a Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola? Nobody drinks Coca-Cola here. Have you got Coca-Cola? Okay, somebody give me like a water bottle. Okay. It's church people. So, let's say, if somebody gave you this, and he said that this is Gordon's dry gin. <laughs> No, to start with, Gordon's dry gin is not put in a plastic bottle because you can easily melt it. Because it's spirit, isn't it? It's very acidic. And this this plastic cannot uh, handle Gordon's dry gin. How many understand what I'm saying? So it's like, don't be a plastic and want the spirit. The Holy Spirit. Gordon, Gordon dry gin is just a very little liquid spirit. It is very, very low. And even that will not work in this. So can you imagine the Holy Spirit being not drunk with wine, wearing his excess, but be filled. That's uh, Ephesians 5.17. Be, be, be filled with, with the Holy Spirit. Which means that the Holy Spirit is also a certain type of liquid. Uh, 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 is it 15? 15, I think. Find it. Find it. It's there. It's down. Further down. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with 18. Yes. Do not be drunk with wine in which there's dissipation. Or excess, it means the same thing. But be filled with what? The spirit. So the spirit is like a liquid. It's like Gordon's dry gin, but it's it's more potent than Gordon's dry gin. So it needs a certain type of vessel. Not plastic. So if your life is not is plastic, you are not correct. You are not proper. You are just some way. Your life is all some way. You can only contain water. (laughs) Hallelujah. You cannot contain the Holy Spirit. Zelda, be serious. Tell them. They can't contain it. So your moral character is very, very important. Number three. Serve your way. Become a servant. Become a proper servant. That, that, that servant said, I knew you were a hard man. A wicked man. Trying to reap where you haven't sown. So I hate you. That was not a proper servant. For a servant is never inconvenienced by their master. A servant, is, his job is to serve. His, debts to, his job is to please the master. 
to please the one that has called him to service. So whether the master is wicked or not is irrelevant. A servant is a servant, a servant any day. But when you start calculating that this is my my master, he's a wicked man. This is my master, he's not correct. This is my master, there is something wrong with you. Hallelujah. If you start work, what is in it for me? What will God give me? There is something wrong with you. What would I get in return? Next one. Study the word. Study the word. Amen. Don't be an empty-headed Christian. Study the word of God. Next one. Develop what? Their heart for ministry. I like that one. That was last week, wasn't it? Develop their heart for ministry. Become compassionate. Listen, if, if indeed, if indeed... God ever revealed hell to you, hellfire to you. And you see where people are going to spend eternity. Nobody will tell you to win souls. There's a scripture in, uh, I think it's Isaiah 8, 14 or 8, 16. There's a scripture. It says that hell has enlarged itself. There's renovations going on in hell as we speak to expand hell because the number of people hell originally was made for, they have superseded it. So they are doing renovations. Have you found it for me? I think it's Isaiah 8. Hey? Isaiah 514. Yeah, five, not 8.14, go, go there quickly. Hell has enlarged itself. Can you see that? There is, when you do enlargement, when you do extension, when you need more space. Do you know that this room, this room has uh, extension around here that we have covered? When the time comes, that we have more, two, more people than the room can contain. We have to extend, which means we have to take the ceiling off to, to bring the upstairs into the space. They are making renovations in hell. Why? Because the servants of God who are supposed to use the talent God has given them to depopulate hell are not doing the work. There are more people hiding the talent. Amen. So hell has enlarged herself. And the mouth and open her mouth without measure. Which means that the reception into hell has been blown open. Before there was like a, a, a rece- receiving area. Where they receive people to hell. But now the, the, the reception is more too, too much. So they've blown it. So there's no door. Without measure. Without measure means that everybody, whosoever come inside. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about hell. 
See, this verse should be one of the verses that should scare you if you're a Christian. If it doesn't scare you into, you know. And all it takes is that, listen, we work with the Holy Spirit. We are co-laborers together with the Holy Spirit. Just a flyer. Give somebody a flyer. It's a seed. And pray for them that, Lord, you know, I have 10 flyers as I'm, work, as I'm going to work today. I am praying that, God, anybody I give this flyer to, Holy Spirit, my job or what I'm going to do is to give the flyer to them. You touch them. And then give them. How many things is very easy to give somebody a flyer when they're sitting in a, in a, in a bus? We are co-laborers. Just sow the seed and leave God to do the rest. That would depopulate hell. Do you understand? Anything we can do to depopulate hell. Somebody, I don't know how to speak for witness for somebody to come to church. But I can invite somebody to church. I can may not be able to witness for them to give their life to Christ. But I can invite them to church. Just do it. I don't see why we cannot depopulate hell. See, I don't know about you, but when I come to church on Sunday and there are a lot of chairs empty, I'm not comfortable at all. If you look at the churches we have in the whole of the city, the whole of the city, if we put all our members together and drop them in the stadium, we won't even fill one session. Meanwhile, when leads who don't play in the premier, premier division, in fact, they almost got relegated. They almost got relegated this time to the They are now in the second division, if you like. They were going to go to the third. They almost got relegated. But when they, when they have a football match on a weekday, uh, uh, Sarah, how many people do they have? You used to be a steward there, isn't it? Yeah. There are 44,000. 44,000. 44, to watch... 12 men kicking, uh, what do you call it, 22 men just kicking a ball back and forth. And they always lose. When you see the number of people and the way they pack, sometimes they pack like a mile away and they walk. You let's leave Leeds football. Just here, Carnegie. Headingly. When they are doing either cricket or rugby. You put all the churches together and put them in. They won't fill one session. We have small, small rooms. And even those small, small rooms, we can't fill them. And it's not because the word of God is not powerful. It's not because that there is no power. But it's because that we have decided to hide all our talents. And we are not making foolproof of our ministry. We have friends, we have colleagues, we have people we fraternize with every day. We have never invited them once to the house of God. And yet, we want God to bless us. 
if if you knew where money was being given to every citizen for free. Do you understand? You know where they, they are giving citizens, every citizen they are giving them uh, uh, 100 pounds, just 100 pounds. And you can only collect 100 pounds with your passport. You tell everybody to go and collect the 100 pounds. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then you tell them, when I get it, you'll get commission. <laughs> Isn't it? But what we don't understand is that, listen, when you win a soul, you get commissioned. Yeah. You get commission. Because the, in anybody the person wins, you have a share in it. Hallelujah. Yeah, Christianity is like a pyramid. You win. One soul. Can you imagine the person that won when I bonky? Hallelujah. But the problem is we don't have compassion. We don't have a heart. It's like, I've made it. Silver and gold. Silver or gold. Oh, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. Now that I have Jesus, can I have silver and gold? That's for everybody. Everybody can go to hell for all I care. No. Hello. I, I believe that they, all this is our fault, the fault of the modern day preacher. Because when we went to SU, all our SU and the preaching was about go and get at least one person. That's all. So, so they, we, don't, we don't talk about wealth or prosperity. No, no, no. It's all about you go and bring somebody. When I became a Christian, that's all we're taught. Go and win one soul. Go and win one soul. Now it's have dominion. Be above. Prosper. And so we have become so selfish, self-centered, and cannot have compassion on anybody. I pray that this church will change. I say I pray that you and I, our story will be different. Hallelujah. Because it's not about you, it's about others. You have been saved to save. Making foolproof of your ministry means that go and save others. And we will know as hell is being depopulated, then it means you are making foolproof of your ministry. Amen. So compassion. Let me finish today by adding two quick points. Number what number are we on? Six. Number six, develop your spiritual capacity. You cannot make full proof of your ministry if your spiritual capacity is very, very low. Develop your spiritual capacity. Amen. How do you develop your spiritual capacity? Number one, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. How can you be sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Make sure you walk without sin. That means make sure you are living a sinless life by confessing your sins all the time. 
Psalm 66 verse 18 says that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If it's iniquity in our heart, God cannot hear us and we cannot hear him too. Sometimes, how many have, have had this experience before? You were minding your own business and then God told, gave you something to tell somebody and nothing changed the person. How many know what I'm talking about? Just something, just one thing. And nothing, just said that thing. That person, wow. And that changed everything. I remember once I was at work. And uh, this colleague of mine, we were just talking. You know how you normally just chit-chat about nothing. And then... She made a reference about how um, she and her father are not on good terms. And she, she said it in person. But then the Spirit of the Lord told me something that I told her that had happened to her, her brother, and her sister. And that is what is affecting the family. <gasps> that thing changed everything. This is somebody who doesn't say, I don't believe in this church things. But that thing that I said, she went and told her mother and, and everything. Uh, uh, you get what I'm saying? And, and, and she, that one thing, maybe God just put something in your heart. You say somebody, immediately it changed the person's belief. Because they know that this thing you never, have, nobody would ever have told you. You can never know it by your own. Because as I'm sitting here, you know this is what has happened to me. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? And you see, if you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will work with you and I. If you are sensitive. Amen. Okay. So don't lose your sensitivity. Amen. I don't want to go too much into it because if I start, I won't be able to finish. Last one. Last one. Move from being a servant to a son. If you're going to make foolproof of your ministry, move from being a servant to a son. How many know that the anointing is passed to sons, not servants? In, in Second Kings, when Elijah, how many remember Elijah and Elisha? Elijah was about to be taken. The sons of the prophets were saying to Elisha, do you know that the Lord will take your master from you? If Elijah was the master, what does that make Elisha? A servant. Isn't that true? And three times the sons of the prophets came. Gilgal, Bethel, and uh, Jordan, they, ask, they say the same thing. Do you know that the master will be take, your master will be taken? He said, hold your peace. Do you know your master will be taken? Hold your peace. Do you know your master will be taken? Hold your peace. Now, chapter 2, verse 12. And Elisha saw it and cried out. My father, 
my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes and tore it. And we know that as Elijah was going up, his mantle fell down and Elisha picked the mantle. But the thing that changed was his transition from being a servant to a son. Now, Bible historians say that Elisha was 15 years older than Elijah. Are you with me? Elisha, who was left behind, who called Elijah my father, was older than Elijah. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. 15 years older. Can you call somebody you are young, older than my father? I cannot listen to a pastor who I, I am older than preach to me. A church that I'm older than, I won't go to that church. Elisha saw it and called out, my father, my father. The chariot of Israel, the horseman thereof. Then he took hold of the mantle. And then he went to the Jordan. And then he said, where is the God of my father Elijah? Then he smote the Jordan. He didn't go and say, where is the God of Elijah? He went and said what? The God of my father, Elijah, the one that he's older than. And anointing passed through. What am I saying? For you to become a recipient of the anointing, you have to be a son or a daughter. In this day and age, well, Probably because some of these spiritual fathers have abused the relationship and caused so much hurt and so much atrocities and confusion that we don't readily accept our men of God as fathers. Probably that's why we're not being anointed. Are you getting it? Because we feel and we know we have examples of abuse. How many agree with what I'm saying? But there are benefits of being a child. There are benefits. How many know that? And see, all those physical benefits of being a child, equivalent spiritually, it equates. I cannot train you if you are not my child. I cannot go into somebody's house and train their child. Sit. This is how you, you, you button your skirt. This is how you lace your shoe. This is how you write A. This is how you write B. I say, woman, don't sit like that. Bagaja, like that. No. You sit, you know, in a certain way. 
when your some paper falls down and you are picking, you have to pick with two legs together and go like that and pick. Isn't that what they taught you? They don't say, yeah, picking and just go like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, you will be making yourself a disservice. Listen, you'll be making yourself a great disservice when you say that I am in this place, but this person is not my father. My father is in America. How can your father be in America and teach you how to brush your teeth? You see, listen, the, 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 the equivalent physically applies almost every spiritual principle. The physical equivalent is mirrors the spiritual. Yeah. I can go into my, my daughter's room and say, tidy up the room. Immediately. And she will. But I can't come to your room and say, hmm. Tidy up. I may not even be allowed into your room to see. Are you me? And when I come, you 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 put me in the living room. And give you a glass of water. And I'm not allowed beyond a certain boundary because I am not. Are you getting what I'm saying? I am not in charge of that place. I am not a, fa- a, a father. You are not a daughter. So I cannot train you. See, anointing, it, it has, it starts there. You see, inheritance is not just uh, money or house or car. Inheritance, you remember when I was, uh, we were having the uh, father's thing, I was saying that inheritance is the training you give to your child. It is not the, the, the money. It's the training. How can I be confident to train you when I don't have that father-daughter relationship or father-son relationship with you. I can't. I can pull somebody's ear. You understand? I can pull. Hey, hey, sit down. But somebody out there, please. <laughs> because we don't have that relationship. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I cannot correct you confidently. Hallelujah. To, to come, you see, I can, I can advise. Then I can advise somebody. Damn, do this, don't do this. But somebody is so powerful. The two are not the same. You know, I, I made a mistake recently. And I had two couples to do marriage counseling. So this couple, I treat as my children. Are you with me? This couple, I treat as my, I'm a pastor, so they've come, so I'm talking to them. (laughs) The two are two different things. Are you getting it? And then they were both coming to me for, at the same time, counseling, marriage counseling at the same time. And then something just said, why don't I put them, four of them together? 
when I put the four of them together, it became so obvious that the counseling that I give to these people is not the same as I give to these people. I don't know whether you understand what I said. It became obvious. And these people were very surprised at the way I talk with these people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So try to get to that place where you can be spoken to as these people instead of those people. I don't know whether I, I don't know if I can make it any clearer than that. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a difference between pastoral council and parental council. The way I talk to, to my children is different from the way I talk to other people's children. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Amen. And we have just established that it is not about age. Amen. Amen. The way I protect my children is not the same as the way I protect my neighbor's children. Can you understand? I mean, sometimes I'll see uh, next door church members walking around. Oh, hello, how are you? Once I saw one of them passing, the person was upset about something. They were crying. Oh, sister, how are you? But if I see my crying, the way I relate is different. Because nobody has sent me to go and say, sister, hey, <laughs> who, who, who made you a lord over somebody else's self? Are you anybody? <laughs> yeah. The way I put my shoulder down for my children to stand on, to go higher, quicker, it's not the same way I put my shoulder down for a stranger. If you are my, my child, you shouldn't start from where I started. Your starting point is my shoulder. I, not even where I am. You are start, your starting point is my shoulder to go up. The things that I do shall you do also. And greater than this because I go to the Because I am, I am a father, my children have to do greater. Are you with me? But if you are not my child, you can't see, how can you can't, can't climb on my shoulder? <laughs> Hello? Yeah. If I'm writing a will, I won't even remember somebody's children. Or somebody worked for me. But as soon as I take my will, I'm thinking about my, ch- my children. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So you see, try your best not to have an imaginary father in an imaginary land who probably doesn't even know you. And does not consider you as that. Are you to try your best? See, sometimes for safety, because of abuse, a lot of people like fathers who don't even know them. I get that all the time. I get that all the time. Uh, people who watch uh, my sermon on the, uh, what do you call it, Facebook and thing, uh, 
YouTube. And then they'll send me, um, what do you call it? A message. Daddy, daddy, dad, what? Do I know you? Recently, somebody sent me, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Daddy, uh, please, can you give me your WhatsApp number so that so you can't have my WhatsApp number? <laughs> I can't do know you. You know, sometimes I have some problems. I said, go to your pastor. That's exactly what I said to her. Go to your pastor. Daddy, that, don't daddy me. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because I don't know you. You see, how many children are walking in this place who say that, oh, I, I like you, you have a beard, so be my father. Have you heard that before? No. You see, a child does not choose their father. That's all I'm trying to say. So you have no right or business going around and saying, I'm going to uh, sell Maurice Arillo. That is my father. I have chosen him as my father. Uh, I have chosen Ben Hinn as my father. What are you doing? Have you seen that before? Like a child will come and say, I've changed my I don't like my father's face. I'm going to, uh, Obama is now my father. It doesn't happen. Are you with me? God puts you in a family. And you grow up knowing that this is my father. And you have that relationship. So the one who brings you up, and that's, that's where God has put you. And that is what the one that's supposed to be your father. Don't go choosing fathers. And when you become a child, be, be ready to be corrected. Don't go. <laughs> like you, 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 you try to correct your child, and they throw in a tantrum. No. If you're a child, you're a child. You get it, yeah. Because me, if I, I'm your father, you throw a tantrum. You and the tantrum will all find yourself somewhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. Rise to your feet.